Welcome to the Life by Design, Not Default podcast. I'm Paige. And I'm Elaine. And we want to talk about all things life, business, and beyond. This podcast is for anyone done with the mediocre and ready to design a life that is meaningful, impactful, and fun. And we want to know, how are you living your life by design? Life by Design, Not Default podcast is brought to you by the 8338 Collective. The 8338 Collective is a membership for female entrepreneurs who value community, education, accountability, and mindset. We understand that in order to reach our goals, we must learn new tools. We must seek education. We must shift our mindset because success without support is uncommon. And we are here to offer you the support that you need through our think tanks, templates, and tutorials. Join our community today by visiting the 8338collective.com. See you on the inside. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Welcome. Today, we have a special guest, Deborah Vogue. Um, whose name doesn't look like Vogue, but it is like Vogue, like the magazine. Um, she is a crisis navigation partner with 30 plus years of experience as a leadership leadership researcher, executive and advisor. Her career path has included conducting research at Harvard Business School, advising tech startups on people strategy and directing admissions and career development for the MIT dual degree MBA program, Leaders for Global Operations. That is a mouthful. <laughs> she earned her BA in psychology and American studies from Wellesley College and an MBA from the MIT Sloan School of Management. She is a trained mediator and ombudsman. So welcome, Deborah, to the show. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here with you both. Welcome. Excited to have you on today. I mean, you come to us with a wealth of knowledge, especially when it comes to crisis management and mediation. So we really want to kind of delve into that today, if you don't mind, because you have so many special gifts and you are such a talented speaker. And I, and I knew that we wanted to make sure that we had you on just because of those things. So thank you for spending the time with us today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm honored to be a part of this. Yeah. So I think right now crisis is like, it's a hot word. It's a hot <laughs> button topic because it feels like, um, and I know we, so we're all part of a polka dot powerhouse. And I got to hear you speak just the other day about this topic of crisis. And I was thinking, oh my gosh, all the times that my daughter has gone into crisis mode, I followed suit, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of trying to maintain the calm, I was like crisis mode with you. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to do that. You know, can you talk a little bit more about what crisis is and maybe what it's not so that people can really get a good understanding of when we're talking about crisis, what are we really talking about here? Yeah, that's a good question. So when I first 
decided to focus, refocus my business about around being a crisis navigation partner. It was June, 2019. And the crises that I thought that I could help people with were things I'd experienced before as a professional and or personally. So divorce, loss of a loved one, a mental health or physical health diagnosis, some sort of dispute, people losing their jobs, like that. Um, and I had no idea that the entire globe would be in a crisis nine months later. All the United States nine months later, other countries <laughs> way before nine months. Um, so pandemic was not on my mind and I wasn't trying to be trendy, but look, this <laughs> did happen. Um, so to me, a crisis is something that happens that throws you off your usual routines, where it's so big and it involves so much of your attention and decision-making capacity that you just can't conduct business as usual. Mm. And so a pandemic can be something that's short-term or it can be something that's long-term, like a chronic illness. Um, sorry, did I say pandemic? I mean, a crisis can be something that's short-term or long-term, like a chronic illness. Um, it can be very local to one person, like your daughter's in a crisis and she's in it, you know, you, you, you get excited about it with her, but she's the one really experiencing it. Or it could be something that's global, like this pandemic or anything in between, like a plane crash or a house burning down or something like that. So um, yeah, that's a little bit about what crisis is and what crisis isn't. Thank you. That's really, I think that's really helpful for people just to kind of get an, a clear understanding of, of what it is. And because that's kind of, I think, where we'll be talking a lot about that today. So it's just clear. We just want to be clear for people like this is what it is. Yeah. So I know that you um, have a specialty with being a partner for people, uh, you know, when they're kind of trying to navigate this. Can you maybe go over what your five steps are um, when people work with you? Because you have a really unique system. Oh, thanks. So yes, um, my five steps are listed on my website. Let's see if I can remember them without looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> so when somebody first comes to me, I ask them to tell me the story of what's going on for them. Um, and as an aside for just a second, like I talked about in the talk that Elaine heard the other day, there's the person zero who's in the crisis, who's like right in the center of it, the person who is in the hospital, the person who just lost all their data from their Mac when their husband uh, downloaded the latest version of the operating system, which happened to my friend a couple of days ago. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a crisis right there. Um, so there's crisis that, uh, I lost my train of thought when I was thinking about my friend and her Mac losing all that data, oh, the, the steps, right? So I, so you could be the, the person zero who's right in the middle of it, who just lost your data, lost your husband, lost your health, whatever. Or you can be the point person who's the person who's the next closest to the person there. So that person might be their caregiver, might be a best friend, um, might be a spouse or a partner. And I work as a crisis navigation partner to either of those, the person zero or the point person. So either way, when they come to me, the first thing I do is ask them to tell me their story, tell me uh, what is going on now, 
what they would like their ideal outcome to be, recognizing that we cannot control very much at all in the world. And we talk about a potential plan for helping them get from here to there. So that's kind of the assessment and strategizing phase. And then I step in for emotional support, moral support, empathy, understanding, hugs, listening, all of that. And I am a researcher by nature. So if you have something that you need to figure out in order to make a decision, but you don't have time to go collect that information, I help you with that. For example, right now, one of my clients is the point person for her boyfriend who has glioblastoma. And she came to me for help navigating what's going on at work while this is happening and navigating the interpersonal dynamics. And she said, his oncologist suggested this particular protocol and said, find where in the greater Boston area is doing this protocol, but I don't have time to do that. I said, okay, give it to me. And I went and did the research and figured it out for her because she needs to be continuing to earn a living and taking care of herself and taking care of her boyfriend. So I was able to give that back to her and say, here you go. And then they could make the decision that they wanted to make. So I refer people to resources as well as doing research with them. And then a lot of what I do is help them strategize for the difficult conversations that they need to have that are really inevitable in a crisis. So stressful conversations with, could be medical providers, attorneys, and ex that you're negotiating with, um, telling somebody something difficult, like, you know, I have breast cancer or something like that. Mm -hmm. I work with people to figure out what their message is and then how to communicate it in such a way that they can get what they need from it, whether that's a negotiation or whether that's you know, I'm thinking about one of my clients right now who has breast cancer, who wanted to tell her family and at the same time did not want her family to inundate her with information about how terrible breast cancer can be. Mm. And so we worked on how will you share this news in such a way that they, you know that it's going to affect them, mm -hmm. but also that you don't get kind of a backlash from their fear that sends you farther down in the spiral. Right. I think that covers my steps. Wow. <laughs> Since I'm not yeah. looking at them, I'm not sure. Yeah. No, that, that that's really great. I mean, you are providing such a practical and emotional resource for people that I don't think that many people think about all the different aspects that need to be covered when they, you know, are in a crisis. So I, I just think that that's wonderful. Yeah. Um, my next question to you is, so I know that you help so many different types of people. How do you protect yourself? That's what and I how was going to ask. Shut the front <laughs> door. So how do you question. Okay, Paige, I'll answer it anyway. Um, that is something that I, it is my question too. And I'm thinking about it literally every day yeah. because I, so a year and a half ago, when I decided to refocus my business around this, I realized that crisis management had been a theme of my career and a theme of my personal life since I was a teenager. I was that kid that people came to and said, my parents are getting divorced. I don't know what to do. Or, you know, I'm so depressed. I want to kill myself. I think I'm going to go do that now. And 
just so many examples of that. And I thought about, and I could have become a therapist, um, but that is not the career direction I ended up uh, going in. And so I've always had this tendency to want so much to give whatever I have and not leave other people feeling alone. Yeah. I felt alone in crises before, for example, when I went through divorce and didn't have any family nearby and it was really hard. And I just, there's a piece of me that wants so much for nobody else to feel that way. And that's why I want to come in and be like, I'll be your partner. We'll navigate the crisis together. Let's go. Here's a big hug. And yes, I want to do that. But if I did that to the extent that my heart tells me to do that, I would be on the floor, completely wiped out, exhausted. Uh And so I have been over my life, I feel like this is a a life lesson for me. And then I'm taking it on even more so when I decided to make my business about this. So to answer your question, I have to make sure that my own self-care is on point. Uh I have to make sure that I have time to myself every day where nobody is talking to me. I mean, I meditate sometimes. I'm not the greatest with meditating consistently every single day, but boy, does it help me when I do. I love to listen to people, but I need some time every day where my brain doesn't have an assignment, where I'm not doing somebody's research, planning something out, listening to somebody, being there for my kids, all those things that I love to do. I need room for my brain to roam. Um, So I need to make sure I have that as part of my self-care. I make sure that I have my support system in place. So I have the people that I'm close to who listen to me. I have the professionals that I work with. I have my own coach. I have my own therapist. And lately, what I've been working on is the time management piece. And how do I find that right balance? Because there's a piece of me that wants could you all please schedule your crises in advance? Because I can't be like a 24 seven hotline, especially as a single parent. That's just not the position I'm in right now. Mm-hmm. And people do make appointments with me, but it turns out not all crises happen like three weeks in advance of when you need support. So it took me a while to figure out how do I give people an opportunity to book out with me into the future and still reserve some time that's, for like the last minute things when people have to talk to me within 48 hours? And how do I keep spaciousness in my work schedule so that I'm not going back to back to back from story to story to person to person to, you know, being on, 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 on. Wow. That was a long answer, but since you both had the question, I figured I'd take twice as long. (laughs) So like, I can't even imagine. And then my question is, how do you separate the friend who wants to write, who, right? So it's like, where's that boundary of being a friend to somebody and listening and being a friend versus hiring you? Like, how are you setting that boundary? Because goodness gracious, I can imagine how hard that is for everyone, including you to like, Okay, so now we're getting into this is what I do for a living, which I know a lot of people struggle with this, especially women, right? Mm-hmm. We wanna, we're, we're on the phone with someone and we see an opportunity to help and we just do and we're like, man, I should have got paid for that. 
<laughs> yeah. And I know, Elaine, the brain, that um, I am sure people want to do that with you too. And so it is hard to set the boundary. And I am, you know, thinking about that a lot. So for example, right now, I have a friend of 20 years who is going through divorce and she's been talking to me quite a bit. And when she first heard from her husband that he was leaving and she did not see this coming, uh, she said to me in the first week or two, I'm sorry, Deborah, when you were going through divorce, I clearly wasn't there for you enough. I didn't know what it was and how much support somebody needs in this position. And I appreciated her saying that and she's right. She wasn't there for me enough, but she didn't know she couldn't know and she had her own things to deal with. Um, So I appreciate that acknowledgement. But when you're right in the thick of a crisis, it can just take up all your energy and then you can end up inadvertently taking up all everybody else's energy because it's all you can be about. Yeah. So um, I do make some distinctions. Fortunately, I'm, I have friends who have done a lot of their own work too, like I have in therapy and they understand about boundaries. And I really don't have friends who are trying to like suck me in too much beyond my personal role, like have me functioning as their crisis navigation partner with getting the compensation as being a friend because they have good boundaries. And even though I usually have good boundaries, I'm the, usually the problem there. <laughs> oh, I can, you have a mediation session tomorrow. I can go with you. You know, like I just want, I want to offer. And so I have to stop myself from putting out all those offers and to make the distinction. Fortunately, um, another thing that I've figured out over the past year and a half is how to structure my offerings. So if you want me to be your crisis navigation partner, you could hire me for an hour or you could hire me for a bunch of hours at once, or you could do like a six month package with me. And each one of those things comes with a description of when we work together and you know when we're on and when we're off together. And so I really found that even with clients, they're very good about respecting that time. Um, so I'm just, the, the, all the work is right in here. Yeah. <laughs> all the work to keep doing is right here. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So let's, let's talk about that a little bit. One of the questions that we always ask our guests is, you know, how are you living your life by design and not default? And you are literally living that, which is why we wanted to have you on the podcast. Um, when you made the decision to shift your uh, company and the direction that you were going to go, how did you come up with that? So uh, before I shifted to this direction, I have been a leadership coach and consultant and a uh, leadership and career coach and consultant and an organizational consultant for you know the first 30 years of my career. And I've come up with tools that I use to help my clients create a life by design Um, I don't use that term, but that's why I love that you're doing this podcast and why I'm excited to be a part of it and to listen to it too, because I think it's so important that we all realize, especially as women, we are all leaders. All we have to do to lead is choose, choose to lead. And by choosing what happens with us and how we react and how we respond, we are leading right there. So 
um, I have a whole series of tools that I use with my clients who are leaders that came out of me needing them for myself. And now I'm continuing to use it for myself as I have been since my 20s when I started using these things. So I think a lot about what every person's individual brilliance is. And I believe that every single person is uniquely brilliant in their own way. I believe that every single person has their own top needs, their own top values, and their own priorities. They don't always know what any of those things are. They can't always articulate it if I just ask them in the beginning. Some people can, some people can't. Where they can't, I help them figure those things out because I think that anyone's unique definition of success is a combination of applying their brilliance while getting their needs met and living their values according to their priorities. So for me, I constantly have those top of mind for myself and I use those as my filters when I decide, oh, I got asked to do this nice thing. Am I gonna do this nice thing? Well, let me think. <laughs> Does it meet a need I have? Does it align with a value that I need to express more of? Does it fit with my priorities right now? And is it something that I feel like I am the, the person to do because that is my brilliance. And all the time I try to say no to things that just really aren't my brilliance. Like um, the other day, I don't know if I told this story, Elaine, at the Diamond Dot meeting, I can't remember, but this just happened to me, happened last week. So uh, someone was putting, to, an artist, a professional artist was putting together a whole photo book for uh, the person I was mentioning earlier who was recently diagnosed with breast cancer. And, and that's what the person wanted. She wanted a photo book so that when she starts chemo next week, she can page through and see the pictures of all the people who love her. So great. So the art, she asked her friend, the artist to create, create this. So the artist sent out messages to all these people, including me saying, could you please send uh, pictures and you know what also would be great would be some like inspirational quotes and any memories you have that you wanna write down of times you had together, you know, stories you wanna share. And I was like, okay, I got the pictures. I sent her the pictures like right away. And then I put on my to-do list, the inspirational quotes, other thing. And after like three days, I was like, you know what? I'm the person who went with her to the, to the, um, breast surgeon and to the uh, medical oncologist meetings and took all those notes and then helped her unpack that afterwards because I'm really good at that. And I'm perfectly fine at forwarding my own pictures. <laughs> so that's, that's that. I'm not going to rack my brain trying to find the right inspirational quote or create an original piece of art. Other people in her circle are going to do that. And that I just let that go. So uh, that's how I live my life by design is pr putting my choices all the time through those filters, needs, values, brilliance, priorities. Love, love, love that. That is so incredibly important. And I think that, you know, when we are thinking about being in more intentional, um, we, it's choices. It's all choice. And I think sometimes people forget that they have choices because I think- yes. 
sometimes we see things as we don't have control over what other people do or what other people say and that how someone else's behaviors can impact us and so they feel like well i want to do this but like they're waiting for the ball to drop right and so i think a lot of people and i hope it's not a lot of people i'm going to say some people some people may feel like they don't have the can't be intentional because they're waiting for some some something bad to happen because mm -hmm. history their their history shows that something bad's always going to happen to them and so they just can't see mm -hmm. through the right they can't see it so i yeah. love that you are very like specific with those different like categories of of your um of being intentional and what that really truly looks like for you um and i love that you're like you know what i'm just gonna let that go the pictures are ex she knows she knows I gave her the pictures yeah <laughs> no problem emailed like, right she knows that you care and um you know words don't necessarily aren't always the thing that people need to know that you care right it's she's gonna get those words from lots of other people them. around her yeah exactly I spontaneously say words as you can tell <laughs> but like researching the ideal quote at that moment that's you know that's not my yeah. gift yeah yeah so um i'm wondering we talked you talked a little bit about you know um person zero and then the um the the partner that's usually impacted do you have any tips or guidance for someone who is in that position where they are like being the one, you know, like person that right, like, how no. do they maintain their own self care and, and, you know, put up that boundary or be supportive without taking on all of that negative energy? So, so, so important. And I think a lot of times women are like me they are you know start from a place of i just want to give everything i've got and they will bleed themselves dry inadvertently and i think we might have a dog come to join us here in a minute i hear her approaching oh no she didn't come in um so i really encourage the point people to do whatever they need to do to take care of themselves too because if they aren't taking care of themselves, they're not going to be able to be effective point people to, you know, the person zero that they love and care about so much. And also a lot of times when somebody has a crisis, their house burns down their, their, uh, you know, loved one has COVID, uh, you know, so many other examples, they're going through a divorce, they lost their job or shut down their company, whatever, people will flock to be around the person zero, but nobody tends to flock to being around the point person. Right. And so I really encourage people like, it's great you're directing energy to that person zero, but direct some of that energy and support in the direction of the point person, because you can really do a lot for the person zero by supporting and holding up and embracing the point person. So your question is, what do I tell the point person? So I should answer that. But the question I was trying to answer too is, what do I tell the people who want to support? Focus on the point person at least as much as the person zero, if you can, if you have that relationship. So for the point person, I say, 
Think about what you need every day and think about giving from your brilliance and expressing your values, not trying to do everything for that one person zero, because this is true everywhere in life. One human can never fulfill a hundred percent of another human's needs, no matter how much those people love each other. I feel very strongly about that. Mm-hmm. So you do what you can from your gifts yeah. and also keep taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you have a hard time doing that, remember that too is in service to the person zero. It totally reminds me of, I have a like very specific memory that just popped up around this, like that very thing where someone like a really good example of what that actually looked like. So I had um, a medical procedure done several months ago and things did not go well. And I wound up having to go sit in the ER and all this stuff. So my husband was freaking out because he couldn't be in the hospital with me. They, you know, because of COVID, they couldn't, he couldn't come in. And so he had posted something on Facebook and he was just kind of, well, one of my male friends reached out to him to be that support for him. And I was just like, he goes, oh yeah, um, I forgot. And I didn't even know. He didn't tell me until weeks later that um, my friend Fidel had reached out to him and sent him a message and just said, Hey, I just want to let you know that everything's going to be okay. If you need it, I'm, I'm here. And I'm just like, I like, I was so like taken back by that. And I was like, Oh my gosh, what a great example of, it wasn't about supporting me because I was getting support, but to support my husband, who was the one really feeling that crisis, you know? And so I think, I was like, wow, that was just such a vivid memory that just popped up of how, what that looks like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, And, and I love that you're even bringing that up, uh, Deborah, because as a caregiver myself, you know, I'm in that sandwich generation where I have aging and ill parents. And then, you know, like a young one, it's like, I think I've even said to Elaine, no one's asked me how I'm doing. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How are you doing Paige? Uh, I'm doing good today. Thank you. (laughs) That's good. And that's a tip I have right there that I just violated my own tip. Instead of doing what I just said and saying, you know, how are you, Paige, and your ongoing struggle of being in the middle of the sandwich generation, ask, how are you doing today? The way Paige answered today, because it's smaller, it's easier for the point person, the person zero to address. And it recognizes that Paige is on a marathon. She's not in a sprint. Yes. So how is this mile going for you? Right. Oh my gosh. So, so, so important. So important. So one of the other questions we love to ask our guests is what is a motto that you live by? So this won't surprise you maybe after we just had this discussion, but I heard this like 11 years ago from a coach and I just never forgot it. And it is give from the saucer, not from the cup. Yes. And so I have to check in every day. And sometimes I, my cup is getting empty and I have to stop myself from giving more and say, time to go get some more tea, time to refill because I'm not overflowing. I'm underflowing. 
Yeah. I really need to nourish myself up to the top of the cup. And once I'm there, then the overflow is for my clients and my family and my friends. I love that. Absolutely love that. I think that's going to be the quote for the podcast, just so you know. (laughs) That's going to be it. Yeah. Going to be it. Good one. Paige, what is yours? Tell everybody what yours is. So mine is I deserve to be here, right? I've walked through the fire. I've, you know, had some challenges, had some successes, but I deserve to be exactly where I am right now. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Elaine? Yours tends to change based on the season. all the yeah. time. So today, I this one is sticking up at the top of my, uh, of my uh, badass affirmation deck. And it says, today I will get out of my own fucking way. And that is like, <laughs> That, that has become my life's motto um, and what I have, t- I've taken that and I'm trying to help other people get out of their own way because I figured out how to get out of my own damn way. <laughs> so now I'm like, I figured it out and now I can help you figure it out. <laughs> Wait, so Aline, do you still occasionally forget sometimes how to get it out of your own yeah. way? Yeah, because I know I do. Like for the most part, I figured it out, but I have these moments where I forget. Let's remind each other. Yeah. So (laughs) we need support. Right. Which is why. So Paige and I are, we call it, we call each other business besties because we check in almost daily and what's going on. What are you working on? Or like, I just need to talk this out. Like something I'm, I'm stuck on this. And I, like, even yesterday I was like, so I know that I need to change my TikTok username because I'm going to, I'm, I'm closing down the subscription box, but when should I do that? What do you, I don't know. So we talked it out. Right. And it's just like being able to bounce. I think every person needs a talk it out buddy, right? Where I need many. (laughs) Yeah. And just one. Yeah. Just being able to have someone that will give you, that will be honest, that will, um, you know, deliver tough love if you need it, but also for perspective or just a listening ear. Um, You know, sometimes our professional relationship turns personal because shit happens, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes you're just like, so girl, this just happened and um, I don't even know what to think. Right. And it's just nice to be able to have, have that person. So absolutely. uh, I'm glad you have that in each other. And I feel very lucky to have that as well, especially for us as having our own businesses that, you know, your business is just yours, Elaine and Paige's business is just hers. And my business is just mine, but I have to have other people who are kind of on my informal uh, board of directors or business best friends that I can turn to who not only have good business sense to share with me, as I know that you do with each other, but also have what I know you do with each other from this conversation, the ability to remind each other what our intentions are, what our original design was. Mm -hmm. So to be able to say, Elaine, I see you kind of like spiraling right now on that TikTok username thing. But when we think about what are the top three things that are most important to you during your business, you said they were A, B, and C. And that one doesn't go with any of them. Right. Is this an alignment, right? It's all in alignment. very much for us. It's about being, an, we have our, we have our foundational, right? We are education mindset and accountability. And so everything we do is like funneling through those three values. And if it's not in alignment, we don't do it. Yes. It does right. not happen. Right. You know, so, and it, 
Yeah. I think that's so important for every single person to do is what are those values that you are going to build your business foundation on and everything you do, is it in alignment with this? Yeah. And I have say no. to add to that this morning, I read, there's a person who uh, used to be a direct report of mine and his name is Robert Glazer and he writes something called Friday Forward and he has all these books that have come out of it. And one of the things he talks about in his most recent book is building spiritual capacity and, and all that is based on values, right? So today in his once a week email that he sends out to all his subscribers, he said, he quoted a leader and I forgot who the leader was and I apologize for that. Uh, but he quoted a leader who said, everyone in my company knows that if they make a decision that's in alignment with the values, they are safe. They will not get chastised. They will not get punished in any way, even if it turns into a disaster, even if it's a series of mistakes, if it was a values-based decision in alignment with our company values, I, the CEO, guarantee that that person is protected and we will learn from it. Wow, that is fantastic. What a way to take that to the next level with your team. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, I couldn't agree more. That's fantastic. And so Deborah, where can people find out more about you? I mean, we could talk about this all day, uh, but yay, yay, no, but I feel like, you know, you have so much to share with your services and with your speaking, where can people either get a hold of you or book you or find out what workshops you're going to be doing all of the things. Okay. Thanks for asking. So the name of my business is connect to corporation with the digit of two. However, my handle on everything and my website, everything is all connect T-W-O. So on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Instagram, connect2.com is my website. So if you remember connect T-W-O, uh, come find me. Uh, I'm in a lot of those places. And recently, brand new on Clubhouse. Have you guys been using Clubhouse? Yeah. I love it. We uh, we actually hosted our first room last Saturday um, uh -huh. where we did a whole mindset and accountability um, room and giving people the opportunity to come and brainstorm with us and just share whatever. And it was so cool because we had some um, former dots came and it was really cool to be able, I haven't like that we hadn't talked to in forever, you know, so it was really yeah. cool to be able to, um, catch up with people and meet some new people and just have, it was really, really fun. Um, but I love, I, I use it as a rotation. Like actually, this is really funny and I hate admitting this, but, um, I'm an Android user. And so, uh, you know, I'm it's sorry. already available on iPhone, right? Uh, so, I have an iPhone six that was way, you know, my, before I converted to the Google pixel, I was an iPhone six and it won't, um, update to the, to the iOS 13, which is needed for Clubhouse. So I went and purchased a $150 used iPhone from a teenager <laughs> just so that I could. She did. Clubhouse <laughs> and being able to participate in the great discussion. So I have like a rotation that I I'm an audio, like I love to listen. So it's either music, oh. podcast and audio. 
or now I've added Clubhouse into the rotation so that I um, can listen to really great conversations. It's like being on the fly on the wall in a, in a mastermind. Like that's kind of how I describe yeah. it. I, and, it. I describe it as create your own talk radio station. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Listen to the so topic cool. listen to. And today I'm co-hosting my first Clubhouse room Yay. at 4.30 with Maria Eunice, who both of you know. Oh, yes. And my best friend. Make sure you ping us. Ping us. All right. I'll, I'll try to. I'll, I'll figure out how to do that. Okay. <laughs> the little All right. Plus, the little plus will can invite people that you follow yes. with the plus symbol. Yeah. Okay. When I get in there, I can do that. So um, we're talking about the debate, be more or do more. Ooh. Which is more important to you and helping people work through their dilemmas when they can't decide and giving tips for both. That's oh, that's going to be an awesome and interesting conversation for sure. I'm the how to do more person and um, Maria is the how to be more person and she help, always helps me be better and I try to help her do better, <laughs> but we're both yeah. opposite ends of the extreme. So Ken's going to moderate and it's going to be really fun. So Yay. I'll call you. I'll call you in. Perfect. Oh my gosh, that sounds so great. Well, it's been so wonderful having you on today. And I think this was a really, really helpful discussion for people who are, you know, trying to figure out what on earth do we do when shit hits the fan? Like, I feel like that is, <laughs> you should be your tagline, right? Is I'm your, when shit hits the fan person. <laughs> That's why when shit hits the fan, right? <laughs> yep. Or Call me when you're leading and you know it's inevitable that shit's going to hit the fan because right. crisis is inevitable and you want to prepare yourself. Right. So you're ready when it happens. Yes. With leaders a lot as well. Oh my gosh, that's great. Are you are you teaching any classes or anything? Because I feel like you, if you're not, I don't want to should on you, but I'm just saying <laughs> like, I think it could be really um, impactful for people to, you know, how to prepare yeah. for that you know i'm just saying that was my little pop rock for you is thank you yeah so i have that talk that i gave the other day my signature talk which is called mm -hmm. unmasking women in crisis how to Nav navigate life's inevitable big challenges um and so in that talk i give people three things to do to prepare and a workshop i created last year that's all original content and i'm offering it again starting in february is called how to win win any difficult conversation Ooh. and it's a zoom workshop with six people at a time over the course of three weeks you know an hour each week and uh, we do we talk about theory and then we also do a lot of role playing and supporting each other through preparing for difficult conversations that's fantastic i love it and all that is available on your website and the website name is once again two.com and we'll put that all in the show notes, y'all. Fantastic. Yes. Well, thank you again, Deborah. This has been really super fun to um, learn more and hear more and all the juicy things. So thank you. Thank you. It's been fun for me to be with you both. Yeah. All right, everybody. We'll see you guys later. Thank you.